Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at the Culinary Stone. Wine is science, art, geography, and history, all contained within a bottle. Make the Culinary Stone your go-to for wine shopping, and we'll show you why it transports and transcends. Visit culinarystone.com for more information. I know it's going to be a wasted day. When when he said... (laughs) That's why they call it wasted. Ah, maybe. (laughs) When he said, or we can actually do it early-ish in the day, like 10 o'clock or 10.30. And then he said, in the text, he said, hashtag day drinking. I thought that was kind of funny. Okay. I'll wear my sweatshirt that says day drinking. Mm. It's 2020 sucks. Please do. It's been a long week, right? Are you ready to wind down? Why not? It's time for the Wine Time Fridays podcast with Shelly and Phil. Neither are sommeliers, but both have a deep passion for life, each other, and of course, delicious wine. And now, here to talk about this week over a glass of wine is Shelly and Phil. It's wine time. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Wine Time Fridays, episode 78. That's a lot. I know. We're doing quite a few. And this is the last episode in a few weeks that we have to worry about yapping, barking dogs and whining dogs and, you know. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, the next two weeks or three weeks, we won't be. Gone. Yeah. And we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, anyway, Shelly, goodness gracious, happy Friday. It's wine time. Happy Friday. It's wine time. Yeah, I think that actually worked. So we're using lapel mics tonight just because. I don't I, think we have to tell anyone that. No? No. So we're not using lapel mic. No. Our reception wine. Do you want to tell us what our reception wine is before we get into what we're drinking tonight? Of course. It's a J-Lor Chardonnay. <laughs> kind of tasting strong tonight. Still having trouble with COVID taste. Mine's getting, I think it's getting a little better. That's good. Our first wine. There's only one problem. What's wrong? We don't have any glasses. Well, you're going to have to finish your wine because I only brought a glass. We're going to do rinse pours. And, oh, imagine that. So, Shelly, you want to fill some air a little bit? Um, we have um, some exciting few weeks coming up. We do. We're going to Walla Walla. We are. We're going to talk to the incubator wineries. We are. That's going That'll to be, be so much fun. That'll be fun. We really have People probably don't know what an incubator winery is. So. No. Stay tuned to find out what that is. Not today, but no. another day. Yeah, it's a really a great program. And next week, we are going to be visiting with our friend Dave Adlard. It is happening. It is happening. I've heard that before. <laughs> Why is it that all of our guests seem to take forever? To, to I mean, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. COVID comes into play and... Stuff like only that. I guess it happens to have been you, partly, too. What? It happens to have been you that held things up. Yes, that's partly. That's me. Okay, so this one's yours. I'm not going to fill very much. Please don't. On account of we're only using one glass tonight. By the way, we've never really talked about our far, far. By the way, we've never really talked about our our fall fall glasses. Our fall glasses, our autumn glasses, that came to us from our friend Jody. Oh, I didn't know that. So, not Jody Elson, but Jody, your friend from San Diego. 
Orange County. <laughs> Close. Irvine specifically. Well, there you go. Um, we tend to have themed glasses throughout the year. Yep. Um, but we you also use the one. Go jump in the leaves. They're very cute. And it looks like there's a schnauzer on the on the glass. I too. know, right? That's why we have to hand wash these, which is can be a little bit of a look. Now there's two schnauzers. Oh yeah, we have two schnauzers. We do. <laughs> one's a monster, and one's just just starting to enjoy <laughs> life again. To health, wealth, and abundance, gratitude, romance. Haven't shortened it yet. Peace on earth. And your giggles. And your kisses. That won't actually um, be too loud on this mic. <clears throat> Hi, Lucy. So That's very pretty. It is this very is pretty. the um, Rosé of San Giovese from Barnard and Griffin, and that's who we're talking about today. It's Barnard and Griffin? Barnard Griffin, sorry. No, but I actually thought that could have been actually true. Um, this is a rosé that we're pretty familiar with, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We have this quite often. And and what do we say? Rosé. All day. Every day, if you want. Rosé all day. Yeah, I mean. No, rosé not every day. Well, we can have rosé every day. We have Chardonnay every day, rosé. Hey, hey. A lot of, okay. Ooh. <laughs> On this Friday. Okay, I'll stop. Before you hit pause. No hit and pause. So, uh, anyway, um, Sangiovese, Washington, it's actually something that we enjoy versus the Sangiovese from Italy. That's true. <laughs> that is true. I don't know why either. I think, I don't know, Italian wines are made to go with food, so they may be a little, the Sangiovese may be a little bland. So Sangiovese is what you would find in a Chianti. Yes. When you get a, a Chianti. And it's funny. Pizza or whatever. That's, Chiantis are those... <clears throat> Wines typically um, you'll find in less expensive restaurants that come in like basket-covered bottles. They do, but there's high-end Chianti also. Yeah, there are high-end Chianti. We did a high-end Chianti tasting in Orange County at the Wine Exchange. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Where they were pouring some pretty expensive Chiantis, 100% Sangiovese, and we were like, yeah. Yeah. And then they they moved into some that were blended a little bit, a little Mm -hmm. bit Merlot. I don't know if they did Cap Sauv and stuff like that, but it really changed the profile of the wine. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I liked those better. Yeah, so did I. And I also liked the Sangiovese from Koenig Cellars in Lower Idaho. Oh, Koenig would be a good one to get on. We have to do we're that. We're not going there right now. No, we're not. We're not. So the rosé, well, that's great. So it doesn't give us much tasting notes on there. <clears throat> it's very fruity. It is very fruity. It's, it's dry, mm-hmm. but it it's just, gosh, it's just delicious. Um, you can get strawberries and things like that? Definitely strawberries. It is very it's pink. It's eight. Yeah, it's a more pinky, orangey rosé. It's it's not very light, so I would assume they left the grapes on the skins longer. Mm-hmm. 12.9% alcohol. Not too bad. Nope, not too bad at all. Um, we have a little story about Barnard Griffin, a little bit, kind of how this all came about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they met at the University of California, Davis, UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Way, way back, and then they kind of reconvened when she went, Barbara, 
Barnard, went up to Go Dogs, University of Washington. I'm doing this by um, memory right now, mm-hmm. which is pretty not good. And anyway. he was at Davis for a, a degree in fermenting because he still wanted he still he wanted to be a winemaker. Well, he actually did some winemaking. Yeah, in Napa Valley. In Napa, yeah. Um, and something about Rob also, um, he's the longest practicing winemaker in the state of Washington. Wow. Yeah. Um, he began his That's career beautiful. in Washington wine in 1977. Um, I'll tell you, when... When you realize how long they've been making wine in Washington, there's just a small group of winemakers that really blaze those trails. I know Rick Small with um, Woodward Canyon was one of those. <clears throat> I honestly thought he was even sooner, but yeah, Rob Griffin started earlier. Just like had some grapes in the back of their truck or something, needed to borrow, um, you know, Bro, sellers and. They rent- to the cellar and yeah. borrowed some grapes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it really is quite a story when you think about it. Mm-hmm. It is starting from nothing and creating something. And we have, we have liked Barnard Griffin for a long time. So this is a really delicious rosé. Um, $10.50. Wow. Give or take. Maybe it's ten eighty nine, something like that. At Fred Meyer. Um, thank I you, Mark. I would just say it's a little too sweet. A little too sweet? I wonder what the RS on, is on this. We don't know. We don't know. Um, well, let me check again. On the on the bottle, they actually say a dry rosé wine. Now, dry oh, could be 1%. Super sweet. But yeah. No, it doesn't mean, okay, just so people know, dry doesn't mean 1% or less. It's just... No, no, I'm saying it, it probably is 1% residual sugar or something like that. It's not... You know, a half percent. Maybe it's one and a half. Who knows? <clears throat> but is once you get up to like two percent, you really start tasting the sweetness, right? So we are hearing from the Culinary Stone today, and this whole episode is the Culinary Stone, and we're going to take a quick break to hear more from the Culinary Stone. Wine is meant to be social, enjoyed with friends and family when experiences truly matter. Add the perfect food pairing and the experience transports and transcends. The Culinary Stone is the meeting place for all of this. With their world-class wine selection, wine classes and food classes all amongst your new best friends in the center of a retail space that boasts a bevy of culinary tools, it is a place where relationships and memories are made. And now the Culinary Stone has their very own wine club, affectionately known as the Noble Rottens, a nod, of course, to the Noble Rot. Each month, club members are treated to wines you will be proud to serve your guests, or don't share and keep them all to yourself. Our wine club, wine classes, and retail wine selections are brought to you by the Culinary Stone's certified sommelier, Trevor Treller. Wine classes are every Sunday at 2 p.m. and fill up fast. For more information on how you can experience wine like this or book your spot in one of our wine classes, visit culinarystone.com or simply call 208-277-4116. Welcome back to Wine Time Fridays. Shelly already mentioned a little bit of what we got coming up in the future. It's going to be super fun. We've got Dave Adlar of 
uh, the candle in the woods next week. Mm-hmm. He's going to have us taste through a whole bunch of stuff. I, I think wish we have a, bring some food. <laughs> we, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll ask if he, he can do that. Um, <laughs> we're actually recording at 11 in the morning. I know. It's going to be a wasted day. When, when he said... <laughs> That's well, why they call it wasted. Ah, maybe. <laughs> when, <laughs> when he said... Or we can actually do it earlier in the, er, he said, early-ish in the day, like 10 o'clock or 10.30. And then he said, in the text, he said, hashtag day drinking. I thought that was kind of funny. Okay. I'll wear my sweatshirt that says day drinking. Mm. It's 2020 sucks. Please do. And um, I'll get a picture and we'll post it on our Facebook page or Twitter account or Instagram, things like that. <laughs> in fact, there's a really, really good quote I want to put on Instagram about, but it has to have a woman in it. A woman would be you. But and you digress. Yes. I'm a storyteller. I know. Okay. Okay. So we move on. Actually, almost. <laughs> Ooh. I need to open the straw. Anyway, after that, we are going to visit um, at least three uh, incubator wineries um, at the airport what they call that airport district now in Walla Walla, which I think got 20 different wineries out there. Dunham is out there. That's we almost, true. We thought about doing a Dunham tonight. We bought this at Dunham. Yes, as, and everyone can see what you're pointing yeah, at. Exactly. It's our Lazy Susan made out of a <laughs> wine barrel top. <laughs> it's very nice. Maybe they could hear it. <laughs> That's so funny. And they made, and we got this there. Use your imagination. Are you done with your rosé? Yes. So it's me? I don't like gulping down my wine. Me either. I don't like gulping down your wine either. Okay. We're doing a rinse pour on this because we're really only using one glass. Why are we using only one glass? Because I only want to wash two glasses tonight. Okay. So this is a 2018... Barnard Griffin, very purpley. Barnard Griffin, Syrah. Oh, this smells like sugar daddies. Really? (laughs) Yes. Are you looking for a sugar daddy? (laughs) Sugar daddies, really? Yep. You know what? Oh, I'm thinking sugar babies. They're the same. They're just a different, different shape. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It is. So this is the Barnard Griffin 2018 Syrah, you said? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I wasn't going to drink it. I sure look like it. You had the glass up to your lips. <laughs> to your giggles. <laughs> to your kisses. pretty yummy. It is pretty yummy. I like Syrahs. I forgot what I paid for this. 17 something. What, where do, when, when did we get this? Oh, I got it yesterday. It's <laughs> <laughs> not funny. Brain fog. Be nice to me. It's a COVID thing. <laughs> it's a COVID thing. Does it go away? I, I, I'm not sure. So, I don't remember. Quick, quick story. Um, we're working on trying to get Long Shadow sellers 
Long Shadow Vineyards. Yes. Um, on the show as a, as a guest uh, on the podcast. And I talked to their sales director, Matt. It's a great guy. And we were talking and everything. And he was saying, we probably need to push it till next year for various reasons. I won't go into now. But <laughs> I said something to the effect that I didn't have an August because I was in a hospital with COVID and all this. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Hopefully you don't have the, with a long haul. Is that what they call it? Long haulers, yeah. <clears throat> Where you, because he asked about her taste and smell, which we lost for about a week. And I said, and wine tastes a little different, but we still have our taste and smell, which is fantastic. He said, generally, you know, with the brain fog that comes with this <laughs> is with, with the lack of taste and smell. I'm like, that's good because we have our taste and smell. So that's really good. Although I'm not sure how to distinguish because I always have had brain fog my whole life. And he thought that was pretty funny. So I just thought I'd share that. Anyway, this Syrah. Do you taste cherry, black currant, and plum? Yes. I taste the plum. I taste a little licorice. I taste a little red licorice. Really? And it's got a really long finish. It does. It's lighter color for a Syrah, I think, anyways. But look at the edge on this. It is like really lavender or purple. If you look at the edge, I mean, it's really purple. And even swirl it. Look how purple. I mean, it's very purpley. <laughs> Buddy the Elf would say, I'm very purpley. By the way, it's almost Christmas. Oh. We'll, we'll stop talking about that. We saw Christmas decorations downtown yesterday. Yes, we did. It's kind of scary. I thought it was still fall. Well, it is still fall, but, you know, the resort likes to get a jump on it. We have our Halloween decorations up front, though, so that's good. Pardon them. Mm. All right. That's good stuff. Uh, you know, in 10 days, you have a birthday. I know that. Did you notice that on the tasting notes? I didn't notice that. <laughs> you did not? You did? I don't say anything about it. Oh, I put it on mine. <laughs> oh, no, Sorry. there it is. Oh. <laughs> I put it on mine. Um, we have a wine word of the week, by the way. Do you want to know what it is? I do know. I mean, I do want to know because... It's cuvee. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Cuvée is a French term meaning vat or tank. So you oh. speak French. You would know that. Well, We don't study vats and tanks in high <laughs> school French. Vats and tanks, oh my. On wine labels, it's used to denote wine of a specific blend or batch. Winemakers tend to use the term cuvée with several different meanings, more or less based on the concept of a tank of wine put to some purpose. Now... The wine spectator says that outside of bubbly, cuvee refers to a particular blend of wine and typically of more than one grape variety. It's a fancy sounding word, which is true, cuvee. cuvee. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fancy sounding. It's a fancy sounding word, so sometimes it's used to indicate a wine of superior quality or, or a special reserve, but the term is not regulated, so that's not always the case. Like reserve, Doesn't right? Gallo have a cuvee? <laughs> yeah, right? And you hear, you, you see on the labels, reserve, mm -hmm. you're like, well, this must be pretty good, but that's not regulated either. You can put anything you want on reserve. Really? Yep. I thought so. reserve was regulated. I don't believe so, but maybe we should double check on that. Probably that would be the wine of the word of the week. week in two weeks when we're doing the incubators. Right. 
They'll know for sure. Um, you do know the wines that we've had this week, don't you? I do. Would you like to share those? Um, we had a Hilanda Monastrell from Spain. That was really good. That was very good. Yeah, that was from the Culinary Stone. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Clearwater Canyon Estate Rosé and Syrah. Now, did we really have that? We didn't. You just wrote it in. I had that when he was in the hospital all by myself. <laughs> I mean, I had to put not it down. Not all in one night. Not all in one night? You, no. It lasted two. about a week. It did not. It's so. Those last couple of days probably wasn't very good. I put in my soda stuff. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, I did add that on this because I didn't know about that. <laughs> Charles Frey Symbiose Pinot Gris, which I didn't want to have because I don't really like Pinot Gris. And however, it was pretty good. It, it really was, was pretty dry. Yeah. Wasn't sweet and yucky. Nope. No, we're not big uh, Pinot Gris fans. But um, I would buy another bottle of that. Yep. The price point on that was pretty good too, like sixteen bucks. That was a Gary V wine. So. And of course, the J. Lo Chardonnay. Which we've already they shared. Having it That's tonight. right. Yep. Oh well. Yeah, I didn't add any. Uh, didn't add the. Uh, There's something that I needed to add, but we're gonna have it later tonight. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, some things coming up: International Global Champagne Day, which is next Friday. Okay, and we're gonna. Davis said he's got a champagne picked out for us to honor that. There's also International Carignan Day, which is the 28th. Now, Champagne which Day is, is always really the last day of the. Last Thursday in October. Uh, in October, yeah. And the Chan- Global Champagne Day is the fourth Friday of October. So those are good to know going forward. There's also International um, Xenomavro Day, which we're really not going to do much with this year because we're going to be talking with um, all the people in the incubators, and we're not going to have time. Plus, it's really hard finding a Xenomavro. Yeah, it would probably be the same one I had last year. International Merlot Day. I'm going to work on getting a, a Merlot. Good Yes, a Merlot from, so we're going to visit North Star, Abejo, Abeja, sorry, and uh, Forgeron uh, when we're in Walla Walla. And I'm going to ask if they would like to um, share one of their Merlots for the uh, International Merlot Day. There's also International Tempranillo Day. None of those three wineries make a Tempranillo, so. Maybe the incubators do. That's possible. There are five of them, and there is Tempranillo grown in Washington. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's see. Anything else? Oh, Jersey number. We have to do that really quick. It's not uh, uh, episode number 78. Anthony Munoz and Art Shell. Now, Art Shell played a really important role in the NFL. He was part of the Labor um, Players Union. NFLPA, the National Football League Players Association or Union. Um, that was Art Shelley, also played for the, the Raiders. But there's also um, Anthony Munoz, who um, is considered one of the most dominant offensive tackles in his era. Spent 13 seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals. When selected for the Pro Bowl eight consecutive seasons, we won't go any more on that, but as we get up in the higher numbers, we're getting into the linemen and just people most people haven't really heard of. But that's okay. We have 21 more to go before we hit. There's no 100s? No, there's no 100s. There's a double zero, which is that. Robert Parrish. What? I would fight to be number 100. Really? That's a lot of. Monk would like that one, too. Yes, he would. <laughs> uh, Shelly, anything else? No. We, lo- <laughs> we love Barnard Griffin. We do. 
And you're going to say, I got nothing. I got nothing. Are you going to touch that microphone I mean, with your hands? <laughs> no. I mean, you let me talk and then you say, what do you have to say? What am I supposed to say? Whatever's on your mind. I just want to make, give you... Do you have anything else to say? Yes, I do. But you know that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that. Uh. <laughs> With a little bit of knowledge, wine becomes a lot less overwhelming. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week with Dave Atlard. Have a great weekend. We have news for you. Wine needn't be intimidating or boring either. Let sommelier and wine buyer for the Culinary Stone, Trevor Treller, help you in selecting wines that deliver the best quality to price ratio. The wine regions of the world and our own country can offer up these glorious bang for the buck items and some special occasion premium bottles too. Let us guide you in your search for that perfect bottle of wine. If you have any questions, visit culinarystone.com or simply call 208-277-4116. Thank you for spending part of your day to wind down with Shelly and Phil. Remember, you can listen to any episode of the Wine Time Fridays podcast by visiting winetimefridays.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us on our Wine Time Fridays Facebook page, Instagram, or on Twitter, which is at Vintage Tweets, for daily conversation. Until next week, here's our toast to you. To health, wealth, abundance, gratitude, peace on earth, and of course, romance. Romance.